Hello and welcome to Fully Booked, the podcast from the English department at Brentwood SCI. My name is Mrs Bird and today we'll be taking a look at the Love and Relationships Poetry Anthology. Before we get into the episode, let's take a moment to remind ourselves how this part of the exam is structured. The anthology poetry is assessed in Paper 2, Section B. The exam board will set a thematic question and name one poem that you must use. This poem will be printed in the exam booklet. The question paper will remind you that this is a comparison task and will ask you to choose another poem to compare to the named one on the given theme. You will be assessed on your ability to compare the poems, exploring similarities and differences, analysing the language and structural devices, the methods that the poets use to convey their ideas, feelings and attitudes. As the name of the collection suggests, the poems are linked generally on the themes of love and relationships. However, knowing what type of relationship has been presented, or the nature or stage of love that is being explored in the named poem is very important. Knowing the best poem to link to it is also essential to your success in this task. It would be a mistake, for example, in a question about the presentation of romantic love in Love's philosophy to compare it to Mother Any Distance, as the relationship in that poem is not a romantic one. So today let's consider the theme of parent and child relationships. This theme is found in the following poems. Walking Away, Mother Any Distance, Before You Were Mine, Follower and Eden Rock. The poets explore different stages of parent-child relationships, from the parents' thoughts on their child's first day of school to the grown-up spring's hope of a reunion with their parents in the afterlife. As this episode will cover many poems, the track listings where available are named according to the poem that they focus upon, so you can skip to the poem you wish to explore. Walking Away by Cecil Day-Lewis was written in 1956 and was dedicated to his son, Sean. It is a poem in which Day-Lewis remembers the emotional pain he felt on Sean's first day at All Hallows School, where Sean started as a day student and later began boarding. For a parent, there are many moments of letting go and walking away that you must face. You must let go when you return to work after having a baby, leaving your child in the care of a nursery or relative. You must let go when your child starts each new step of their education and they explore their own identities, find their passions and discover their strengths and weaknesses. You must let go when they move out of the family home to begin a more independent life and make choices and decisions about their own lives. These are moments of great pride and pain for many parents as they watch their children develop and grow into adults. Walking away. It is 18 years ago, almost to the day. A sunny day with leaves just turning. The touchline's new rule since I watch you play your first game of football. Then like a satellite wrenched from orbit go drifting away behind a scatter of boys. I can see you walking away from me towards the school with the pathos of a half-fledged thing set free into a wilderness, the gait of one who finds no path where the path should be. That hesitant figure, eddying away like a winged seed loosened from its parent stem, has something I never quite grasp to convey about nature's give and take, the small, scorching ordeals which fire one's irresolute clay. I have had worse partings, but none that so gnaws at my mind still. 
Perhaps it is roughly saying what God alone could perfectly show, how selfhood begins with a walking away, and love is proved in the letting go. Remember that there will never be a question in the exam that says, tell me everything you know about X in poems A and B. So part of the art of English is judiciously choosing three points of comparison between these poems. This podcast is not intended to do all your thinking for you, so we will not go through every single line of the poems and tell you what to compare. What we will do, however, is discuss one or two key parts of the poem that you may find useful as a basis for your studies. One of the most beautiful images in Walking Away, in my opinion, is when Day-Lewis describes his son as being like a winged seed loosened from its parent stem. This nature simile captures the supportive relationship between the parent and their child. The parent's stem is, of course, the origin of the seed and supports the growing seed until it is ready to be released. The stem must be strong and flexible in order to support the seed and stand up to the trials of the weather. In this way, a parent must both protect their child and support them as they grow, preparing them for what lies ahead in their lives. There is a strong juxtaposition here between the firmly fixed and rooted parent stem and the freedom of movement of the winged seed. Day-Lewis captures the exciting potential of his young son as the seed is winged and able to soar towards new opportunities. However, it must be noted that there is also some danger in this image, as the winged seed is released into the unknown and at the mercy of the elements. In order to access the higher end of the mark scheme, you must demonstrate a perceptive and detailed reading of both poems in the exam. One way to do this is to link similar parts of a poem together, thereby developing your argument. In Walking Away, Day-Lewis uses another nature image, describing his son as a half-fledged thing set free into a wilderness. This bird imagery conveys to the reader Day-Lewis's concerns that his son was too young to be without his parents, as he is only half-fledged. It also highlights the fear of the unknown, as the wider world is described as the wilderness, implying a sense of brutality and foreboding. Other themes that this poem explores are growing up, independence, nature, distance and memory. In Simon Armitage's Mother Any Distance, the poet explores another important moment of letting go, this time from the grown child's perspective. This poem comes from a collection called Book of Matches. Each poem is intended to be a story from your life, read in approximately the length of time it takes for a match to be lit and burned down to nothing. In this poem, the speaker directly addresses their mother as they move into their own home. Mother Any Distance Mother, any distance greater than a single span requires a second pair of hands. You come to help me measure windows, pelmets, doors, the acres of the walls, the prairies of the floors. You at the zero end, me with a spool of tape, recording length, reporting metres, centimetres, back to base, then leaving up the stairs, the line still feeding out, unreeling years between us. Anchor. Kite. I spacewalk through the empty bedrooms, climb the ladder to the loft to breaking point where something has to give. Two floors below, your fingertips still pinch the last one hundredth of an inch. I reach towards a hatch that opens on an endless sky, to fall or fly. There is a strong sense of adventure in this poem, 
as the speaker considers the possibilities of their new independent life. This is conveyed through the poet's use of imagery, such as acres, prairies, space and the endless sky. These metaphors of open spaces suggest the growing horizons of the speaker as they begin their independent life. The pioneering aspect of these metaphors is significant. The speaker is striking out on their own into previously unknown territory. This is both exciting and frightening. The final line of the poem reveals this trepidation as the speaker is uncertain whether he will fall and fail or fly and succeed. Other themes that this poem explores are growing up, independence, strong bonds and distance. Duffy's Before You Were Mine centres around the idea of a person looking at a photo of their mother that was taken 10 years before she became a parent. It can sometimes feel strange to consider that your parents were once young, free and single, getting up to all the rebellious activities that they now reprimand you for. Before You Were Mine I'm ten years away from the corner you laugh on with your pals Maggie McGinney and Jean Duff. The three of you bend from the waist, holding each other or your knees and shriek at the pavement. Your polka dot dress blows round your legs. Marilyn. I'm not here yet. The thought of me doesn't occur in the ballroom with the thousand eyes. The fizzy movie tomorrows the right walk home could bring. I knew you would dance like that. Before you were mine, your ma stands at the close with a hiding for the late one. You reckon it's worth it. The decade ahead of my loud, possessive yell was the best one, eh? I remember my hands in those high-heeled red shoes. Relics. And now your ghost clatters toward me over George Square, till I see you, clear as scent under the tree, with its lights. And whose small bites on your neck, sweetheart? Cha-cha-cha. You teach me the steps on the way home from mass, stamping stars from the wrong pavement. Even then I wanted the bold girl winking in Portobello somewhere in Scotland before I was born. That glamorous love lasts while you sparkle and waltz and laugh before you were mine. In this poem, Duffy emphasises the way that parenthood has changed her mother. The past is a key focus of this poem. And Duffy imagines a romanticised version of her mother in the decade before she was born. This is achieved through Duffy's use of the semantic field of cinema. She refers to her mother as Marilyn. Marilyn Monroe was a Hollywood icon in the 1950s and early 1960s. The promise of fizzy movie tomorrows on a night out and stars on the pavement of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. All these images reinforce the inability of the speaker to participate in her mother's earlier life. She is removed, like a viewer in the cinema, from the action. Duffy appears to idolise this earlier version of her mother, someone as untouchable as a movie star, and laments the changes that she had to make as a responsible parent. The red high-heeled shoes that she used to wear on nights out are now relics, seemingly ancient, but also with undertones of religious devotion and worship. The past version of her mother is now a ghost. Her mother is not dead, but this version of herself has ceased to be. All these images add to the reader's sense of time's past. Other themes that this poem explores are growing up, strong bonds, memory, time and distance. In Follower by Seamus Heaney, the speaker, most likely Heaney himself, 
reflects on their childhood and the way that they idolise their father for his skills in farming. It also considers how their relationship has changed over time as their paths in life have diverged. Follower. My father worked with a horse plough. His shoulders globed like a full sail strung between the shafts and the furrow. The horses strained at his clicking tongue. An expert. He would set the wing and fit the bright steel-pointed sock. The sod rolled over without breaking. At the head rig, with a simple pluck of reins, the sweating team turned round and back into the land. His eye narrowed and angled at the ground, mapping the furrow exactly. I stumbled in his hobnailed wake, fell sometimes on the polished sod. Sometimes he rode me on his back, dipping and rising to his plod. I wanted to grow up and plough, to close one eye, stiffen my arm. All I ever did was follow in his broad shadow round the farm. I was a nuisance, tripping, falling, yapping always. But today it is my father who keeps stumbling behind me and will not go away. The father in this poem is an impressive figure and his strength and skill are highlighted throughout the poem. There is a strong sense of his purposefulness and power as Heaney describes his shoulders as being globed like a full sail. This nautical simile suggests that the father navigates the field expertly, harnessing the power of the horses like a ship harnesses the power of wind to propel it in a desired direction. The speaker, in contrast, lacks the grace of the father they so desire to emulate. They stumble and are forever tripping and falling in their father's wake. It is only in the last stanza, when the poet changes to the present tense, that we see some notion of how their relationship has changed over time. Now it is the father who is stumbling, perhaps through age, or perhaps through the father's lack of expertise in the son's chosen field. There is clearly a tension here between following in a father's footsteps and forging your own path in life. Other themes that this poem explores are growing up, strong bonds, nature and memory. The last poem we will consider is Eden Rock by Charles Causley. In this poem, the speaker, most likely Causley himself, imagines his parents awaiting his arrival in the afterlife. Causley presents a beautifully idyllic scene in which his parents are laying out a picnic in preparation for his arrival. Eden Rock. They are waiting for me somewhere beyond Eden Rock. My father, 25, in the same suit of genuine Irish tweed. His terrier, Jack, still two years old and trembling at his feet. My mother, 23, in a sprigged dress drawn at the waist, ribbon in her straw hat, has spread the stiff white cloth over the grass. Her hair, the colour of wheat, takes on the light. She pours tea from a thermos, the milk straight from an old HP sauce bottle, a screw of paper for a cork slowly sets out the same three plates, the tin cups painted blue. The sky whitens as if lit by three suns. My mother shades her eyes and looks my way over the drifted stream. My father spins a stone along the water. Leisurely they beckon to me from the other bank. I hear them call. See where the stream path is. Crossing is not as hard as you might think. I had not thought that it would be like this. 
Here, Causley plays with the notion of time or timelessness, suggesting that in heaven, a perfect family moment or memory can be captured eternally. We can see this through the poet's use of ages. His father is 25, his mother is 23, and their dog is still two years old. As Causley's father died when the poet was only seven years old, it makes sense that this treasured or possibly imagined childhood memory should be the form of paradise for the poet. It is important to note that there is very little separating the parents and their child. The stream mentioned in the latter half of the poem is reminiscent of the river Styx from classical mythology, the river that separates the land of the living and the land of the dead. Notice here, though, that the stream is easily crossed and his parents show him a safe and easy path. It is heartwarming that, just as in life, his parents are guiding him and protecting him on this last part of life's journey. Other themes that this poem explores are death, strong bonds, distance and memory. Here are some next steps for your independent study. Select three to five key quotations for each poem. Choose quotations that encapsulate the meaning and themes of the poem. Write these on cue cards and annotate them thoroughly. Only choose quotations that you can explore in detail and that you can make relevant comparisons between poems. Research different readings of the poems by looking at different study guides and reliable websites. Exploring alternative interpretations of the same text is a higher order skill. As always, once you've completed your own independent study, ask your teacher to clarify anything you still don't understand. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you find our podcast helpful. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or another podcast platform. Leave us a five-star review as this helps others find the podcast. And join us again for another episode of Fully Booked. Goodbye for now.